0: So the red light's rolling and uh, I'm delighted today to be joined by Simon Turner from Driving for Better Business. Um, Simon, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today and I'm really looking forward to speaking to you about uh, some of the different projects that you've got going on uh, with Driving for Better Business at the moment. So one of the things that I was going to ask you to do, if that's okay, is just just introduce yourself because I think you'll do a better job of it than I will, what your title is, and also If you wouldn't mind just explaining because driving for better business is part of the national highways that people will recognise and some people might not know really what driving for better business is. So you're able to just sort of first of all introduce yourself, but also introduce driving for better business as well, if that's okay?
1: Yeah, certainly. No, it's great to see you again, Pete. I'm really looking forward to the discussion and thanks for inviting me on uh, on your show. So um, for those who don't know me, I'm Simon Turner. I'm the campaign manager for something called Driving for Better Business. Uh, Which is uh, effectively like a marketing campaign aimed at raising awareness amongst those responsible for driver safety, whether they're responsible for vehicles or drivers uh, or policy, whatever, um, raising awareness of the need to manage that risk properly and to, to sort of do that by sharing case studies and good practice that demonstrate how much better businesses can run when uh, when they're managing this risk properly because it's not just about reducing collisions that's obviously you know the key objective if you like but it's the business benefits that come from that as well in terms of business performance and, and cost reduction. Now the, the campaign's actually been going for 16 years now I think it was started in oh. 2007 I've been running uh, In the campaign since 2016 now, but we're fully fully funded by uh, National Highways, which is the um, highways agency responsible for building and maintaining the country's strategic road network of uh, motorways and uh, major A roads. I was at presentation yesterday where they they keep saying, you know, it's about four and a half thousand miles of network and it's a major, major road network that we all use. And so National Highways, Funds driving for better business to create resources and share this good practice because even though uh, lots of us might think we're only using sort of local road networks. Many people don't understand there's a differentiation there that you know your local county councils will run the local road networks. National highways runs the main motorway network, but to most of us it's one road network that we all use um, all the time, and so it, it's a program they're happy to fund because it it makes the roads all the roads safer for all of us um,
0: yeah abso- absolutely and uh i think i think mean, i was saying before we came online that i'm a big fan of simon's work so simon and i first I, I first met simon last year when we both uh when we were at the health and safety expo which was at the nec um you were hosting the uh the it, i think you hosted the whole driving or the the whole dr- driving safety section didn't you and there were quite a range of different speakers there weren't there are you going to be doing the same again this year simon
1: yeah we are this year was the third year we've done it so it's the the health and safety event um which is run as part of a, a bigger suite of events but it's a an entire hall uh, at the nec i think that in 2024 it's it's the end of april first couple of days uh in may uh it, it's that week Uh, It's a three day event and we host something called the driver safety zone. So driving for better business got their own stand there. So we're talking to fleet managers, driver safety managers, all that kind of stuff. But we run our own spotlight theatre with three days of professional insight, sharing case studies and good practice. Uh, and obviously you were uh, on one of those panels uh, as well, which I very much appreciate you taking the time to do that, but you would have seen the engagement from the audience because they really uh, desperate for the sort of information we were sharing. So it's grown every year. Next year is going to be our fourth and we're we're currently trying to plan the content for it at the moment, but it should be uh, bigger and better than uh, than we've done so far. Oh, fantastic and i've I've just checked those dates
0: actually because i thought whilst we're talking about it let's make sure we sort of showcase that because i think the health and safety, particularly for people listening fleet and transport managers health and safety it's a health and safety fire and security event all in one go so uh it covers a range of disciplines and i was really impressed with the event overall i thought it was really well run really well managed and there's there's that there's, the, there's the um the sort of spotlight speaker section that you've got and then there's other cpd opportunities there as well um and it's running the tuesday the 30th of april through to thursday the 2nd of may so There's three days, so it's a Tuesday the 30th of April, Wednesday 1st of May, and Thursday 2nd of May uh, next year, and uh, it's a free event, isn't it, it's free to for people yeah, to go yeah, along. So,
1: free. Um, I'm sure many of your audience will be going to the CV show, it's the week after the CV show, which means I get to live at the NEC for two weeks virtually, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's all, you know, experts from um, either academic in- experts giving us insight into some of the major challenges that we face and why it's difficult to sometimes change driver behavior in certain areas we've got you know fleet and transport uh, safety managers from blue chip companies sharing how they deal with some of those uh, challenges as well so it's a really good and informative event Yeah, fantastic. So uh, yeah, hopefully, uh,
0: hopefully listeners will be able to get along to that. And then the second time we caught up was uh, um, the Leicester Space Centre last year, which was the um, which was the annual conference and was the launching for the van driver toolkit at the time. I I am right. I've not missed any time there. That was this year, wasn't it earlier this year?
1: It, it was that was middle of march and we're doing that again now so um that was a really good event but unfortunately we're limited on numbers for that but if i think we're going to be releasing tickets in january and if every, anybody wants to pre-register for that event they can do so by signing up to the mailing list on the driving for better business website um but we're going to be doing the same thing again the van driver toolkit was a really really important online resource for us because when we started driving for better business we've constantly sort of felt we were telling fleet managers what to do or that, you know, telling them that there was a problem you know risk and uh, and that you've got to deal with driver safety this kind of thing but conscious of the fact we weren't necessarily giving them all the solutions to do that and so what we tried to do with the van driver toolkit was create a resource that they could share with their drivers so one of the key challenges for any fleet manager is. How do I get my drivers to behave properly? How do I get them to follow the rules? And this was like so the van driver toolkit we created to be like a, a van tool a van driver handbook if you like. So it covers everything from safe loading, license eligibility, driver fatigue, how to do your vehicle checks, that kind of thing. Winter driving. There's I think there's about 37 separate topics in it at the moment, it gets an annual refresh, which we're doing at the moment. So there's some new cards going in and it will be refreshed from January and obviously any legislation changes that happen throughout the year we put those in. Um, we launched it as an online resource prior to that event when I saw you, but what we did launch there was like a printed version which we make the printed uh, art with the artwork for printing it freely available to. Um, companies if they want to print their own and hand them out to drivers they can do or you can just access it and share links to various resources online but yeah, you know, it's multiple formats it's pdfs you can share you can print out share them with uh, as part of a toolbox talk we've got pre uh, recorded um, toolbox talk videos and that was the bi- That was the other bit that we launched at the Space Centre event. We had a series of eight pre recorded toolbox talks from fatigue, vehicle checks, safe loading, all that kind of thing, and those videos are free for anyone to download. You can play them through YouTube or drop them in your own PowerPoint presentation. Um, but Yeah, just Help yourself, and um, you know we're we're all just trying to communicate the same messages and improve driver safety. So all of this stuff's free to access.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely, uh, it's absolutely
1: fantastic.
0: The the quality. Of the, I'm I think I need to just comment on the quality of the resources. Are really strong. Um, it's certainly something that we we use with uh, with many of our with, with many of our clients to help support them. Um, we also um, I, I know it's not driving for better business, but it's under the national highways. They there was also some resource there which uh, has been shared recently. Uh, there's a bridge strike uh, driver CPC course, for example, that we've uh, implemented as part of our, our suite of CPC courses. And the content and the quality is really good the standards really really high so um yeah i think i think it's absolutely fantastic simon so what else have you got in the pipeline that you're working on have you got any other campaigns that you're working on at the moment
1: yeah well what one of the things that the van driver toolkit was very good at doing and is very good at doing is kind of communicating driver safety policy out to drivers and reminding them of of various bits that are in there, whether it's phone policy or drug driving, um, that kind of thing. But we have you know, there's a there's a bit of a hole in, in the offering at the moment in how do you actually create that driving for work policy to start with? It, you know, it's a it's a legal requirement to risk assess your driving activities and then put a policy in place. And so we're in the process right now of developing a free online tool which will help organizations create a new driving for work policy from scratch using pre-written templates that we're putting together with a team of experts at the moment if you've got your own policy already you'll be able to check it against the guidance that we've got Um, but even if you sort of totally up to speed on this and you're happy with your policy one of the key challenges is then ensuring that you're aware of what's going on and you, you keep that up to date and you're able to review it and update it as needed so b- because we're effectively part of national highways and uh, and sort of publicly funded. We've got very good relationships with the health and safety executive, the DVSA, um, the stationary office, which writes and publishes the highway code, and obviously the Department for Transport as well. So we get advanced warning and quite often are, are involved in the. Sort of development phases of new legislation and guidance so we're going to have a series of updates that are available if you sign on to the driving for better business website you'll get updates to any legislation or guidance changes as soon as they happen as soon as they take effect and will uh, that update will then help you understand what that means for your drivers and your driving for work policy and we'll show you how to build that into your policy so yeah even if you're a blue chip company with a really really well-established good um safety management uh, process uh, this will still be of use for you because you'll you know you'll be able to get these updates and and sort of informed insight into what they mean as soon as they happen that's absolutely fantastic so i think some people do really struggle to
0: write policies effectively and and to know i think the challenge that I, as someone who does write policies regularly i think it's a struggle to know the the key to a good policy is to know what to include what not to include and and also the points of reference to sort of include when there's adjustments and changes and keeping on top of those which makes you feel essentially from a compliance point of view you start to feel a bit anxious that you're making sure you're getting the details so how how's that going to work is there it, it sounds to me almost like you you uh, is there like a questionnaire you sort of fill out some of the information about the business that you're in and size of fleet and then it
1: helps you create that policy um the, the way we're going to do it at the moment is we, we've created a huge list of subjects that you would need to cover and obviously not everyone will need to include all of those sections so it's kind of like a tick box exercise to start where you go oh, I want you know pick a mix I want that section I don't want that section uh but then it's all fully editable so if, if you're a, a, a small company with, say, a basic van fleet, it would be absolutely fine, probably in, in its in its current form. But if you've got any risks that are slightly out of the ordinary or other stuff, you would be able to add your own sections. You can edit the text Um I mean, we would always advise that you take sort of separate legal advice anyway, just to make sure it's covered uh, everything. That, that all the risks that you would have in your own transport operations, but yeah, it's a really good start and you'll be able to get pretty much most of the way, um, but you yeah, you know, you've got to have some involvement in yourself, you, you in it yourself. You've got to understand the risks in the business. You've got to make sure that the, that wording is um, is is good and covers all the risks you can't just sort of download it and print it and go yeah I've ticked the box I've got a policy you know you, you've got to understand the risk in order to make sure and satisfy yourself that that policy is acceptable but it'll save you a huge amount of work <laughs> yeah I'm sure um I'm sure we're probably pe-
0: preaching to the converted because we'll be speaking to transport and fleet managers but I'm sure I wonder if there's the odds there's the odd fleet operating director who hasn't employed a fleet manager yet and has sort of gone. Oh, you mean that downloaded driving for work
1: policy I've just stolen off the Internet might not be sufficient or. <laughs> yeah, so. I think there's, there's two. There's two failings I commonly see with, with driving for work policies. What, one is that um, it's not good enough. It could be just like a page of bullet points, you know, with half a dozen bullet points on it. That's that's not going to be. Um, any kind of defense. If, if there was a serious incident and you got investigated, you know, traffic commissioner is not going to be impressed with half a dozen bullet points in the event of a serious incident. And the other one is you can have the most comprehensive policy in the world, but if it sits on a shelf in an office somewhere and doesn't get shared properly with the drivers, then, you know, that's equally, um, equally no good. You've got to prove it was shared effectively with the drivers. One of the things we are conscious of is that you've got so many subjects that could go in it. It's it, it's got to be punchy. It's got to be short and punchy. No, no commercial vehicle driver is going to sit there and read 40 pages of legal document. It's got to be punchy and easy to read and easy to remember. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: I think I think that's one of the one of the one of the big challenges is to get get deliver stuff that drivers are happy to engage with or are happy, happy to sort of work with and, and and that kind of thing. I think that's that's what one of the challenges that faces us, but again, based on what I experienced with the van driver toolkit, I think you're you're sort of hitting that, um, hitting that communication piece really, really well. I think one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was around, you know, when, when it comes to managing driver risk, that communication piece uh, with drivers is, is so fundamental. What, what do you think people listening, how, I don't know, do you have any sort of uh, recommendations around the way that, that Fleet managers communicate with drivers to help reduce driver risk.
1: Well, what, one of the things I was really, really impressed with a few years ago was we had um, we we had a case study from McLaren Automotive, so the supercar manufacturer. Now, not necessarily immediately relevant to trucks, although they do have a heavy fleet because they've got transporters and stuff, and they've got servicing vans. But the challenges within that business for managing road risk were, you know, just hugely complex because you've got engineers driving around in part finished or part developed cars uh, on the public roads. You've got salespeople going around showing off to potential customers. Um, you've got test drivers, you've got all sorts of different risks, and it was impossible for any one manager within that business to understand what all the risks were. And so the thing that really impressed me was that they ran workshops within the business with representatives from every area of the business and they said to the drivers what makes you feel unsafe what what are the what are the activities where you could see something going wrong and what do you potentially think we could do to to remove that risk or or minimize that risk and what that did was it gave the the business a much better understanding of the risk but when they turned that into a policy, they got complete buy in from the drivers because the drivers felt they had some ownership over what had been decided. It wasn't thrust upon them, so that was the best example I've seen. I think of getting driver engagement from a point where there were you know, serious issues with McLaren. It's a well known company and they were getting com- complaints from the public about their driving and Within 18 months, they completely eradicated that and had, I think, three or even six months worth of no complaints from the public at all because the drivers bought into it. They felt part of that process. And I think that's the key thing. You know, with the van driver toolkit and the other resources we've got, the loading stuff, you can communicate that all to your drivers. But if you've involved them in the process somewhere along the line, they're much more likely to engage with that, I think, and, and follow the rules that you're setting down.
0: Uh, Simon, I I couldn't I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. Um, Interestingly, uh, one of the one of the things that I do aside from uh, the the fleet, the fleet side of stuff is um, I actually deliver. I deliver some training around well-being and the particularly including the the HSE's management standards so the health and safety executive have these management standards which is about reducing stress in the workplace and it helps give a a, I suppose similar to what we're talking about here from a fleet point of view it helps helps give an outline for how to reduce stress and help support well-being in the workplace and there's six key areas and some of the best stress risk assessments and stress policies that i've come across is where we've facilitated that with a team of people we've had like 12 people from an organization and they've gone yes we do this and we don't do that and we could do that better and this is the stuff we experience, and we've sort of created that by involving the people and and that as and that has tangibly affected the feedback they're getting in their surveys around the engagement with the with the schemes that they're running and that i think is vital is that inclusion element it's actually a requirement of the um, health and safety management regs 99 is to actually in- involve people um in and consult with people in the way that we risk assess and manage risk um but I think sometimes particularly with drivers I think one of the challenges because they're largely remote workforce it's so difficult to try and facilitate it I think is the struggle that fleet managers will have
1: yeah, it it is, um, but you haven't got to do everyone at once, uh, and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be long. Um, it, you could do it maybe as a simple questionnaire to get more people involved, you know, in the depot before they go out on a on a day's run or something. I'm sure there are there's varying different ways that you can do it, and and obviously I appreciate it. it especially if drivers are home based or out on the road all day, it can be difficult. But you know, you've got communication channels with those drivers. If they're out all day, either sending them work schedules or whatever there's there will be a way of creating some kind of two-way communication just to make them feel a bit more involved and it pays huge dividends down the road hello it's sharni from flagship partners we are really proud to sponsor the fleet geeks podcast if you need expert advice or training for your fleet business make flagship partners your first choice we are really excited to announce the launch of our transport manager academy with expert development for fleet leaders We offer fully accredited, initial transport manager CPC training, CPC refresher, and operator license awareness training, as well as mentoring, support, and professional development beyond the qualification. Our vision is to develop elite fleet professionals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So um, we talked a bit about the um, about the, the the driving for work policy creation.
1: Was there anything else you've got up your sleeve for twenty twenty four? Well, there's there's one thing I I would cover as part of that because again one of, one of the reasons that we've created this driving for work policy tool is it's quite clear there's. A lot an awful lot of businesses who either haven't got a policy or they ha- haven't got one that's really up to scratch now one of the things we are seeing more and more and we're working more and more with with big companies and and indeed entire business sectors is trying to raise standards across sectors by affecting that through procurement standards now. National uh, Driving for Better Business is a national highways program and national highways in their own procurement process when they're tendering for big projects. It's part of the tendering process that you provide evidence and um, confirm, you know, confirm that you're managing your driver risk appropriately and provide evidence of that normally in the form of a driving for work policy because We're responsible for driver safety on a large part of the country's roads and so we're not prepared to have businesses working for us that that don't manage that risk properly. And if you're a tier one contractor, um, you're responsible under the construction and management regs anyway for ensuring those safety standards are are pushed down through your own supply chain. So while while a big tier one contractor would probably have all the policies that they need, Their supply chains may not. So again, this policy tool is to help them. We're also doing something similar, but through the entire rail sector with the rail safety and standards board where they've created a road safety charter which any company working in the rail sector has got to effectively commit to manage their their risk properly and we're working with them to help provide some resources. We're doing the same thing with the Crown Commercial Services. So if you want to win a a public sector, public sector contract increasingly you're going to have to provide evidence that you're managing the driver risk properly so the the key thing I would say to the audience that you need to be aware of is if you can't prove that you're managing your road risk to an acceptable an industry accepted level of professionalism increasingly it's going to be difficult to win new work and, and new contracts, because clients and industry safety bodies are demanding evidence that the companies that work in that sector. Are doing the doing the right thing, so the policy tool again is going to be really helpful for those. Um, those companies and sectors where you know that it's not a high level of uh, of participation in that sort of driving for policy thing they don't maybe understand it it's not something they've done before and hopefully we'll be able to give them uh, an easy journey to to get in to at least be legally compliant and then obviously we've got other stuff that leads on to good practice but you know that's that first rung on the compliance ladder isn't it make sure everybody's there yeah absolutely so
0: i think in, 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 increasingly it's becoming really important for um for bigger contractors to demonstrate that they're effectively managing their subcontractors and if you're running a fleet chances are you'll be you'll be within this procurement cycle so demonstrating standards whether that's through you know that there's there's various different standards there with. the ISO standard is it thirty nine thousand and one um, yeah. is is one of them, and then and then you've got the earned recognition for DVSA. And um, so, essentially, driving for better business um, is being a member, being signed up, and following their their systems is going to be something which uh, which procurement people are going to be looking at. Is that right,
1: Simon? Yeah, abs- absolutely. And and I think it's important to sort of clarify at this point. Quite often, people. Mistake driving for better business for a risk management consultancy or driver training company with neither of those. We are. We've got nothing to sell. We we just share good practice and and resources Uh, and so you mentioned sort of accredited standards like ISO 39001. You've got fours and van excellence and all those kinds of things. We work very closely with these people and we recommend that people go and do those kind of standards because it's a really good way of proving you're doing what you need to do um so yeah i, th- I think all of those standards and are, are a good way to to go about that and 39001 is a very very comprehensive um, standard
0: as well yeah it's something which um it, you, you in in fact was showcased at the highways agency um uh, at the conference when 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 I when I went earlier in the year, um, and it was the first time I'd come across it actually, and it sort of seemed to have cropped up as it sort of seems to gather gather pace. But um, I, I think I think the the key point is that the driving for better business has all of the resources you need to be able to demonstrate that you're effectively managing your fleet, right?
1: It, yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, it, just going back to the ISO 39,001, one of, one of the big uh, proponents of that, uh, promoters of that is a, a construction firm called FM Conway. Um, there's a case study on the Driving for Better Business website with FM Conway where they talk about what they've done through that standard and the benefits it's given and I was actually at the Prince Michael International Road Safety Awards yesterday where they received Uh, a Prince Michael award for the work they've done with uh, ISO 39001 and you know going back then to driving for better business we've got a huge range of resources that will help you meet all of those accreditations Um, you know whether it's helping with policy whether it's communicating with drivers whether it's monitoring data and sort of setting benchmarks from which you can then set a baseline and improve you know, hopefully, we've created a, a library of resources that will help you with, with all of those things.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So, so I guess I guess sort of in, in in to clarify the thought process in my head is if people are listening, go and get on the driving for better business website uh, uh, sign up, have a look at all the resources, start to implement those, and who knows if you if you're implementing all of those systems and all of the training and all of the stuff and resources that are on there and the policies. That will stand you in good stead for working towards one of these standards, potentially one of these external yeah. accreditations.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think it's about halfway down our homepage. There's a uh, a getting started section and a box to drop your email address in. You, you're on the um, the uh, the alerts list then, uh, and our newsletter, and and that will then you'll you'll get stuff that points you to the various different resources that we've got available uh, on the cool. website. I,
0: uh, it's um, when sort of working in um working in a commercial business that you know we we obviously supply and support with fleet safety and those kinds of things it's fascinating to hear that driving for better business is, is it's not there to sell anything it is just there it's like a, a resource that's there with some fantastic um you know well a service that's there with fantastic resources to help support the people that are listening to help drive road safety forward so what's What would you say the overarching goal is for driving for better business what would you say like a great outcome for you is i suppose in in 2024 for example simon um uh,
1: well our our sort of internal goal now is all based around this new online policy tool so we've created this sort of crazy goal for ourselves where we want any business in the uk that runs or manages drivers and, and vehicles to have a really good driving for work policy and industry but good practice driving for work policy doesn't mean they've got to do it through us because a lot of them will have, will have good policies anyway um but if you haven't got one that's that's kind of our goal we want to make sure everyone at least understands their responsibilities and they've got a, a concise easy to read easy to understand document that they can share with the drivers and hopefully we can we can make an impression on on um, driver behavior and start to improve safety culture
0: fantastic Simon and uh, I, I did have one more question so you've been with driving for better business since 2016 which which of the campaigns of you are you most proud of over the last seven years and why
1: um I think at the moment it's the driving it's the van driver toolkit it is that one okay. because it's it's so comprehensive, I think, Mm -hmm. and we've managed to get lots of different formats. There's videos and animations and web pages. Um, It's a really good resource that means rather than us just highlighting challenges to fleet managers and transport managers, we could actually say here's a here's a here's something tangible that can go away and help you solve this challenge. And it's been by far our most popular. We've had thousands of businesses sign up to it collectively. You know, probably run a couple of million vehicles across the whole number of businesses that signed up. We seem to have got it right and it's um, You know, it's it's simply explained. There's some, it's nicely illustrated. It's just, it's an easily easy to use resource, and it's been really popular. And it's something we're we're really proud of that success. The whole team's really proud of that success because I know you had um, Mark Cartwright from the commercial vehicle team at National Highways on a on a previous podcast. And driving for better business sort of comes within that area of national highways and and so mark's team and and the driving for better business team work really closely on developing that it's kind of a joint project so yeah really good from that side of things as well
0: yeah i think um i think having knowing what it takes to create that level of resource for people that it wasn't the quality and the standard it's an enormous it must have been an enormous piece of work um to to execute and to get the ensure that the advice and the standards are all correct and those kinds of things that you know it must have been across so many desks to have been signed off (laughs) Like i i i almost i don't know it doesn't even bear thinking about when i think about the sort of sign off process for it for and then for it to be freely available so the level of knowledge and experience and the you know the the capability of the people that have put the intelligence into it um, and then for it to be freely available it's almost you know almost too good to be true I suppose because it must have been a huge investment at the time
1: yeah well it was and a huge investment financially as well because it's not only getting Um, getting it written is you know it's going to be written by experts going to be checked by experts. We've had professional illustrators go through it all. Um, We we printed loads of copies and given them away at events and that kind of thing. It's been a huge investment, but it's absolutely been worth it because the Mm. response we've had from the people who use it both fleet operators and people like yourself who um you know shares that with their own sort of fleets that they work with it's just been it's really been worth it so yeah we're really pleased with it oh
0: fantastic Simon, um, and Simon sorry just
1: to add on that Pete we're, we're in the process as I said earlier of refreshing it so I think there's three or four new cards going to be in that so when it comes out again in the new year there'll be some new things because we're constantly revising the copy as i say if guidance or legislation changes but we're also adding new things as as some of that feedback highlights potential gaps in there and they say we we could really do with a card including on you know whatever it is and um yeah we're 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 adding to it all the time as well fantastic
0: fantastic and i i just wanted to make a comment to appreciate you got the memo on the christmas jumper (laughs) uh the christmas jumper today yeah, um, nice to see
1: we're professionally dressed for this.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I um, I, I love this time of year. Uh, it, it, I suppose, it times the podcast for people listening. If you're listening in the heat of summer next in 2024, we did record this in the depths of December in 2023, but nonetheless. I'm sure all of the content is still very relevant and uh and, and is all still very valuable. I just wanted to know I, I just noticed there's a book on your bookshelf, which I've read myself that I'm a big fan of, and that's the orange one that stands out. Seth God and This Is Marketing. Oh what, right, a, yeah. what a book <laughs> that is, by the way.
1: Yeah. That's it, it is a really good book. But actually, just along from it is um it is that one called Black Box oh. Thinking by Matthew Saeed. Big, big fan of that book as well, right? So when we do the Space Center event uh, in March again this year, I think it's Thursday, the 21st of March. Matthew Said is our keynote speaker in the afternoon. He's our headline act. So no way, really? He's just confirmed. So anyone who hasn't read that book, it is an absolute. uh, Tour de force of how to analyze data and learn from um, investigations in a blame free culture to virt- to you know to to make it a much safer uh, culture you know a, a blame culture is the absolute enemy of a safety culture and he talks through how different industries approach that and how those who genuinely have a no blame culture and learn from the data have far safer outcomes uh, and that is going to be a really really good talk oh simon i'm i'm a massive matthew Syed fanboy
0: Uh, I've read I've read all of the books um, and I think he's incredible. So, yeah, black box thinking absolutely He contrasts aviation with the NHS, for example, doesn't he? And um, this this element of absolutely analyzing every piece of data to ensure ensure that we take the lessons forward, which is really valuable learning when it comes to managing incidents when they occur and when we have shortfalls and those kinds of things just not to brush them under the carpet to properly analyse it what can we use to move it forward he's also written um oh the one about the ten thousand hours there's one about the practice and then um he's also written rebel ideas which is a really good book about cognitive diversity uh which is absolutely fantastic and he's also written those of the people that are listening that have got young people who are old enough to read sort of teenage books he's written some great books around growth mindset as well really like yeah, yeah i was no, gonna say good i'm good. signing up i'm i'm signing up <laughs> anyway but i'm definitely signing up now um yeah, he, he no, writes uh he writes weekly for the times as well and uh I I always enjoy reading his content on the Times as well. So what a what a coup to have got him at the conference. Yeah, Simon.
1: I, I read that book a while ago, and um, Mark Cartwright read it a while ago, and we weren't sure we could uh, we could get him uh, or afford him. But um, no, it's all sorted. He's confirmed, and we're really really looking forward to it. Um,
0: uh, Simon, all I'd say is, someone who's a prospective attendee of that conference, he would whatever the cost, every penny like genuinely I think as a you know from a speaker point of view he's ideal as well particularly with the stuff he talks about with black box thinking it's fantastic I think it's a really good ethos I think every in fact it's a really good point for us to sort of start to conclude the podcast on that actually every fleet manager if you haven't anyone listening to this if you've not read black box thinking it's a it's a really fantastic book, actually, around thinking about the lessons that are coming to us all the time for us to review and actually learn, take that learning opportunity and to reduce the blame culture to actually go, you know, let's have a growth mindset about this and let's properly analyse what the information is that's out there. because That's a really good approach to risk
1: yeah so the the that event's going to be two kind of a more separate morning and afternoon sessions the morning's more around sort of well-being and fatigue and and issues like that. The afternoon really is about that black box thinking we're going present we're going to launch another new toolkit we're creating which is a a road incident investigation toolkit to help fleets understand the root causes because this whole thing about if you've got a blame culture your data's probably not worth that much because you you don't know that you're getting the right story from the people who are involved where if you've got accurate data and you can learn from that that accident investigation toolkit uh, will will show you exactly where the root causes are and adopting the kind of mindset and the lessons that Matthew side is going to go through that will help you then take those lessons forward and implement them um, and make what we hope will be significant improvements. Fantastic,
0: Simon. Um, Simon, on that note, I think, uh, I think it's a good time to, to draw to a conclusion. And we've nearly nearly run our time that I'd uh, I'd asked of you. So thank you very much for uh, taking the time out to speak to, to me and obviously the other listeners of the podcast as well. We really appreciate it. So if listeners haven't already caught it, they, they need to visit the Driver for Better Business website, sign up to updates. Is there any other way they should get in touch with you, Simon?
1: Yeah, I think drivingforbetterbusiness.com uh, you can sign up on the home page. Uh, we, we're very active on LinkedIn, so follow us on me and and the campaign. I think it's, uh, yeah, follow the DFBB program and myself on LinkedIn. You get a load more, F, uh, load more information there and come and see us. We'll be at the CV show at the end of April and the health and safety event the week after. So I'm, I'm sure we'll catch up again there, Pete. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, come and talk to us.
0: Appreciate it, Simon. Uh, Simon, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. I hope you have a lovely Christmas and um, I'll see you again early next year at the conferences. Thank you very much. And thanks to the listeners for listening. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer on
1: any social media platform to find out more.